What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's going on, my brother? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. And I could not be more excited to have with us John Daniels, who's uh, a pastor. He's an investor. He's a husband, a father, a passionate lover of Jesus. And he is committed to seeing, as he wrote, <laughs> churches host the presence of God all over the city of Houston. So you're you're Texas bound, and that's where I am right now. We were just talking about this before we started uh, recording. But, dude, thank you. I'm so grateful that our paths across. I'm I'm stoked to have this conversation, and just glad to have you on the on the podcast. Yeah, me too, man. Thank you. I'm stoked. This is gonna yeah. be good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You said you have four four little ones. That, yeah, that keeps you busy. Ones. Oh yeah. So seven, let's see, seven, five, three, and one. So oh my gosh, dude. Boom, boom, boom. boom. Yeah. Right That's, one right another. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. And you're and you've got your sanity. You're getting some sleep somehow. To be honest with you, it's it's pretty wild. It's challenged me. It's grown me as a man. Uh, because you know, I mean, you're you're one of five, like you were telling me. That is yeah, it's no small task. I'm one of four. So the four boys. Okay. So. Okay. I grew up in a very rambunctious home, uh, but my parents were really committed to you know, order and giving us the best life possible. But uh, mm. yeah, as far as like, man, getting sleep, that's, it's more of an art form at this point. Yeah. Luxury, I would say you really have to just get creative with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, my mom, uh, God rest her soul. She, you know, did an amazing job in terms of raising us. My dad was obviously the, the, the breadwinner, but uh, I think it definitely took a toll on her too. And her just not, uh, I mean, she was deeply, spiritual metaphysical and would get up long before we were just to, to pray for an hour every single day. And her books were marked up and everything else. Um, but you know, still not taking care of your health. You gotta, you gotta make sure that you do that, you know? So wow. yeah. yeah, we miss her every day, but, uh, she definitely set me off on a, on my spiritual trajectory too. So I imagine your, your parents or your dad, at least you said is a, yeah. a pastor as well. Right. Yeah. And my mom, you know, my mom's been, um, they, she was raised in a pastor's home. You know, she's been like the pastor's yeah. wife kind of role. It's kind yeah. of funny. Cause I, you know, I know, I know we're going to kind of dive more into this stuff, but really my take on things is really interesting because when I bring like a, a religious perspective, you really don't hear a lot about masculinity in mm. Western church culture in Jesus day, you did, they wouldn't probably have used the terms we use, but men of men of the Bible, were not afraid of being men, men of Western Christianity are afraid of being men. Mm -hmm. It's kind of an interesting, been an interesting journey. That's actually what got me into this is I, I was, I was like, you know, get married, did the whole thing right. And couldn't figure out why my marriage wasn't working. Couldn't mm. figure out why my marriage was failing. And mm. Come to find out, I had no idea how to be a man, and no oh. idea what made me a man, and that's kind of what launched me into this whole this whole journey. And I really have a heart for uh, Christian men specifically because we're we're just raised. The only thing we hear about Jesus is turn the other cheek, you know, kind of almost like a glorified pacifist, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't hear the parts about him flipping tables over, and and I'll get into all this, but calling Herod the the. Uh, uh, I don't know how crass we can be on this, but calling, <laughs> we can be totally crass. Okay, yeah. <laughs> calling Herod the basically the the um, the modern day equivalent of of uh, a derogatory name for a gay man. Yeah, you know, he when he executed John the Baptist, Jesus did not play around. He was very manly and very masculine, and and um, based on how I define masculinity, we can get into all that. But mm -hmm. in any case, I, I come from a very unique perspective, I feel like, because a lot of guys in the, in the manosphere are really not, they don't really come from my background. They're kind of just, you know, they're just like every other dude or whatever, but having a pastor, somebody in ministry who's been around the block for a minute, it's, a, I have a bit of a unique perspective because I was raised in that, 
you know, fundamentalism, Western evangelicalism. I'm still a Christian uh, and Bible believing all that, but I just have, you know, I really, uh, we, re- me and my group of guys really feel like we're pioneering something for the church at least, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Really cool. Um, yeah. And I think that's a big part, obviously how our paths crossed and in, in having a, a mutual friend with Christina, but um, I love what you're doing. And I think just being um a life coach for Christian men, helping them figure out what masculinity is and helping them uh, maybe improve or restore their marriages. I, I unfortunately couldn't get my shit figured out before uh, a previous marriage uh, went to pieces, you know, but that was certainly the catalyst yeah. for doing exactly what I'm doing here as well. So we, we cross paths. Um, obviously we have a lot of things in common, so I'm just grateful mm-hmm. to, to have you on, but tell me a little bit more about uh, what you see as, some of the the most common challenges that guys are facing uh, as Christian men these days. Yeah, I really think um, we. I'm sure you've read the book No More Mister Nice Guy by Robert yep. Glover. It's kind he's of been on the podcast. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what an honor! Yeah. I can't even yeah. believe him. he's, he's yeah. a hero. Um, that's kind of like a rite of passage for men. I feel like nowadays it's kind of the way we initiate men. We don't really have initiation in American culture. It's kind of mm-hmm. you know, at least it's not standardized. Um, but as far as Christian men go, um, really the major challenges that that I see are they they're nice guys and we spiritualize being a nice guy and passivity and um, kind of m- making our decisions based on our ability to predict how our wives are going to respond. You know what I mean? Rather than as a man having defined, I call them pillars, having defined mm. pillars and purpose that define my trajectory and you know, just, I know it kind of sounds selfish and this is, this is one of the big hangs hangups is Christian men see this as selfish because we've been taught what, like, you know, a false definition of what love is. Um, you know, as a, as a Christian man, you know, I have my set pillars, I'm, I'm pursuing that purpose, whatever that is. And I'm creating a momentum of safety for my wife and my children to, to follow behind me. And mm-hmm. a lot of what we teach men is, well, there's a scripture that says, husband leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife. And it almost has this, you know, the modern day, day term of that would be a simp, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has this very um, codependent. Um, I don't know how else to put that, except, you know, just this like, Oh, I, you know, I was going this direction. I was going to move here. And then I just met this girl and it's so it's all fluffy and what have you. Uh, but what happens is that it creates so much distrust and it creates men who are, because, they expect their wives to be all in because, well, I gave up everything for her. Mm-hmm. That same reciprocation, they get resentful and the marriage just doesn't mm-hmm. marriage just doesn't work. And that's exactly what happened with me. So I would say that just to answer your question in short, it's really the nice guy syndrome. And yeah. not only that, but justifying that dysfunctional mindset with scripture. So we don't just have the societal message of, you know, do whatever it takes to make your wife happy. So she doesn't get, don't, don't make your mother angry. I think is what Dr. Robert Glover says. Mm-hmm. We also have scripture and it's interesting what I tell guys, how you read scripture says a lot more about you than it does about scripture. Because mm. we typically read ourselves into the Bible, right? If we're the ones that we look at. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. So if you're a nice guy, you're going to see the nice guy thing, things in there. If you're a masculine man, you're going to see um, you know, masculinity in there. You're going to see that mm-hmm. God's actually the originator of masculinity. And, I, and I'm not, my goal is not to proselytize anybody. My goal is I'm a Christian guy. It's just who I am as a man. Fundamentally, right. I, that's just who I am. You know, it's not yep. just I'm a pastor. I'm, it's just part of who I am. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, really the, the biggest thing that, that Christian men face is the need uh, in order to feel like a good little Christian boy, they've just got to kind of suck up to their wives. And you know what? I, I got to tell you of all the guys that I worked with, all of them are Christian guys. And when they start to make these changes in their life that I implement through coaching, their wives tell me, you know, at first, John, I hated it because it women are stability seeking. And so yeah. they're used to their husbands being simpy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and kissing up to them. But they say, you know what? I trust him so much more now. He's mm-hmm. emotionally stable. He can handle when I'm freaking out. Now he doesn't tell me how to feel. You know, he, and he also doesn't tell me yes all the time. Now he's actually really going after his purpose. He's not needy anymore. It only good things have come out of this, you know? And I just think about Jesus talked about, I came to bring life and life abundantly. 
if something is giving you a more abundant life, how can God not be on that? If if something is making your marriage more healthy, how could that not, how could God not endorse that? You know what 100%. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the, the biggest challenge that I help men with is helping them to unspiritualize and despiritualize their justification for their approval seeking behavior. That's mm. really the, the, the first fo- thing I focus on is defining your pillars as a man. And I only allow them to have four. And we can get into all that if you want, but um, defining their pillars as a man. And then the next, the thing right after that is breaking that attention seeking, approval seeking behavior. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll even say with sex specifically, because in Christendom, we say don't have sex before marriage, don't have sex before marriage. And then right when you you know get into marriage, you can have sex. Well, we don't realize that we create this codependency on sex. And so guys, mm-hmm. I, ironically, get way less of it. Because mm-hmm. they're, needy. they're like, look, dude, I've waited for 20 years <laughs> to, to do this. And now you're yeah. not like me and I'm mad at you. And it's just, it's all messed <laughs> up. It's really, really messed up. So, yo, I, I waited 26 like, years. Oh, geez, man. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't, it wow. didn't help, man. It didn't, it didn't it, help. It, it's amazing how, uh, see, I'm not a Christian fundamentalist. I do, I do believe, I believe in biblical morals. Mm-hmm. But in Christian fundamentalism, just a side tangent, they take everything and they put it to the same level as, as gospel. You know, oh, you wore, you know, women, you wore a, you wore pants instead of a skirt. You're going to hell. You know, it takes everything and puts it up to a hundred. And so we don't know how, how to have any healthy management of our desires, of our passions, of yeah. our pursuits. We don't have any kind of healthy management. You know what I mean? So anyways, I'm rambling now, but that's in short to answer your question. That's what I, the first thing I help Christian guys with is, you know, their addiction to sex. Usually they have porn issues and, mm-hmm. uh, unspiritualizing their, their approval seeking behavior, you know? Yeah. Which, which, uh, if I were to put into Johnny's terms, correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of like, um, unspiritualizing would be to, uh, to take full responsibility and not just kind of pass the buck of, uh, of why they do things the way they do just because it's the way that Jesus, uh, the way that, or not Jesus, the way that the Bible, the way that they've been taught, it's just like, no, just own it for you. Right. Take full responsibility, radical responsibility, right? Radical, yeah, exactly. And at, you hit the nail on the head, hundred percent. And okay. and also, um, yeah, taking taking out any kind of justification ammo mm-hmm. they have, any justification they have for being a, for being you know simpy for being, mm-hmm. you know what I mean for ch- chasing the approval of a woman. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm not saying men are better than women. I'm just saying that. You're compromising your masculinity if you're chasing the approval of a woman. You're not actually serving her. You're manipulating her. You're trying to get. But well, you're not out. leading. No, hundred percent. No. Yeah, you're right. Right. So yeah, right. In, in essence, you're you're exactly right. Not taking ownership. When you're chasing, you're not uh, leading. When you're not leading, you're not uh, gaining respect. You know, and it's just. I mean, whether you're talking about men and women or uh, men and men in business or whatever, like there's a. If you have a leader, you're still going to have to have some people to fall in line. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Mm-hmm. We all have different opportunities to to be leaders. Uh, you see Michael Jordan be an amazing leader, and other times he had to to pass the the ball or pass the responsibility. Yeah. Um, and so there's times to lead and these times to follow. So one of my mm-hmm. favorite books too is um, Wild at Heart by John mm-hmm. Eldridge, um, and a big part of that is just like not making your woman be the the pinnacle of your existence or the peak of your mountain that you're climbing. Right. So good. And I, and I love that. I mean, kind of, and I say the exact same thing to my own words, but it sounds like you're saying that your four pillars, pillars is helping men figure out like, what's your greater purpose even 100%. beyond the, the chase. Is that correct? hundred percent. It's basically the way I put it is this is who you are in or out of your marriage. Mm-hmm. And this is the man you were that you are with your wife, without your wife, these are the, 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 the small little things that you can control. Cause you know, I'm sure, you know, there's, you can't really control anything, but those, those pillars give you things that you can control so that you don't have to be emotionally dependent. It, it's, it's the goal of that is to make you emotionally self-sufficient mm-hmm. so that you're not looking to women to, I don't know, you know, meet those, emo- meet those, those core needs for safety and stability Nothing wrong with communicating your needs. Nothing wrong with communicating, um, excuse me, uh, nothing wrong with communicating, you know, hey, I'd like to communicate this way in the future, whatever. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm not going to make my wife responsible for me being happy, stable, 
of course, you know, love goes both ways, but with or without my wife, uh, I have an identity apart from my wife. So I'm not mm -hmm. dependent on my wife. It gives me a healthy mm -hmm. sense of dependence. It makes sure, you know, establishing your four pillars as a man that you get to choose. Um, it makes sure that you're not codependent on her. It makes sure that, that, you know, your identity is not all wrapped up in a woman, just like John Eldridge says, you know what I love about that book, that book side note, I got so offended when he told his son to punch that bully back. You remember that part? Yeah, of course. I got, that was the beginning of this journey for me. And I was like, I cannot, it offended every Christian programming I had in my head. I was yeah, like, yeah. what about the, what about this? What about that? And I realized, oh, maybe that's just my own insecurity. Thank God I don't have kids right now. You know, when I read that, I was like, mm -hmm. thank God, or thank God I don't have kids that are at that, at that age or I'd mess them up. Mm -hmm. you know, so, well, going back to what you said earlier too, is, um, and I've, I've learned that through my church as well, that, you know, Jesus really was a, a, a holy troublemaker, right? Yes. <laughs> he turned tables, he, he stirred shit up and Absolutely. he made things happen. And I think that's, I mean, talk about a, a man that was not afraid to bring on the heat. You know, no, like, that was his purpose. Right. And he kind of knew the direction it was going to take him, unfortunately. And or, or fortunately, that was his purpose. And he knew he could yep. have gotten his way out of it yep. and even pleaded. Right. Like, come yep. on, God, give me some other option. This yeah, sucks. Exactly. But he knew what he had to do. You know, exactly. That's, that's a man. What's interesting about about masculinity, it's there's it's solid. It's reliable. It, there's almost a degree of predictability, if I could say that. And that's yeah. what makes me trustworthy is like with my pillars, my pillars tell me what to do. My, my four, they're my core values. You know, I never have to wonder what to do because my pillars are telling me they're, they're all encompassing enough. They tell me how to respond. And what that does is creates a, a trustworthiness. My wife may not always like it, but that doesn't really matter. Cause that those are the, again, those are the, I'm easy going about everything else, but when it comes with my, to my four pillars, I don't compromise those for anything. You know, my wife has to know where I stand. And in the same way, Jesus, his core value was, you know, I only do what I see the father doing. Sometimes that looks like redeeming a prostitute that's caught in the dirt. Mm. Other times it looks like fashioning a whip and driving people out. It means he was whipping people out of the, out of the temple. He had, you know, it didn't always look the same, but his core value was, look, I only do what I see the father doing. And we kind of have this idea of the father that he's always like Santa Claus. Now I believe God's good, but there are times where he's like, nope, I've had enough. That's, that's crossing the line for me. You know, Jesus was not this limp wristed Swedish blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, mm -hmm. soft fit. He was a rugged man. He worked with his hands, you know, he was manly mm -hmm. and he was masculine, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, he was not afraid to get stuff done. If it, you know, he, he had a core value that he lived his life by. And that's really what I center like my program around is guys finding their, their four pillars that they're going to live their life by make every decision through with or without people's approval. Because you've got to start a, a man who's living in his masculine purpose is making wakes. You know, it's like a, a boat, like David Data says, going through the ocean. Yep. He's making his own momentum. And when he finds a woman that he wants, he says, I want you to come along for the ride. You understand what I mean? Like he does, because mm -hmm. then he's changing your direction based on which way the waves are going. And um, anyways, that's just kind of, that's what I teach guys to do is to, you know, discover your four pillars or decide either way and don't compromise those for anything. It's, we're not stubborn about everything. We're stubborn about those four things though. That's never going to change. And, and it creates a stability and safety for our wives. You know what I mean? Would, would you say that then that fits into what masculinity really represents? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. My, my definition, my personal definition, I'm sure you would agree. And, and everybody has their own, um, kind of words for it. If I could, if I could, I don't know if I could have like a one-liner definition, but I can tell you what a masculine, when a man is connected to that masculine core, mm -hmm. it's solid, it's consistent, he's predictable, uh, in a, in a sense, predictable. You understand what I mean by that? Um, mm -hmm. he's, he's not led emotionally. He's led logically and he, and his emotions come later, you know, women feel then act, uh, feel, then think, then act, and men think, then then act, then feel. Mm -hmm. And um, a man who's indexed properly, as I would say, in his masculinity, a, a masculine man is like a mountain. 
you know, a feminine woman's like the ocean. I, you know, this has been said on ad nauseum. I'm I'm going to be copying a lot of what David Data said in the Way of Superior mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. It was an absolutely incredible book. That mm-hmm. that was a game changer for me. For me, besides mm-hmm. uh, Robert Glover's book, but um, you know, a, a man is he's that solid. It doesn't matter what the ocean's doing. Doesn't matter what his woman's doing. He's he's going somewhere. A man is decisive. He's logical. He's not making decisions emotionally. He has emotions. He honors them, but he puts them behind his purpose. Everything, his purpose, his pillars come first before everything. His core values are everything to him. Mm. So if he compromises those things, he's that is his masculine identity. Those pillars, his purpose. If he compromises those things, he's compromised his masculinity. So and he's compromising those things when he's chasing anything other than those things. I agree women yeah. or sex or uh pleasure instant yep. gratification 100%. money status yes anything like that right i absolutely agree yeah and my in very short minor you know i'm a christian man and all that comes with that i'm a man who takes care of himself i'm a man who provides stability for his family and i'm a man who pursues brotherhood those are my four four core values that I make every decision. And I'll tell you what that's looked like at times has been, hey, when I come home, I exercise. My wife may say, well, honey, I need your help with the kids. And I say, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to go exercise and I'll, I'll be back to help. You know, I'll be back to get our routine going. She starts to do what the ocean does and splash as well. It's not fair. You get, you know, a, a big thing with guys is I, I say, stand by your pillars without telling your wife how to feel about it validate her emotions. Don't say, well, I'm doing it anyways. Get over it. You know, hold space for her. Yep. I understand. But when it's a pillar based decision, you do it anyways. Mm-hmm. You allow her to be the ocean and you just validate that you, you get to be as angry as you'd like to be. No problem. I'm still going to go on a run. So she knows where I stand with that. And after a mm-hmm. while, she'll even ask me, she'll just say, Hey, how was your run? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, it, I'm not, again, I'm not stubborn about everything. Because that's a domineering, controlling man who probably is really insecure. That's not a masculine man. I'm I am stubborn about my pillars when it comes to decisions, things like that. I don't I do not allow anything to change my mind. Mm. Um, and you know, when it comes to finances, same thing. You know, I have a goal of providing stability financially for my or a, a pillar around providing financial stability. Man, it you can't you can't change my mind. You know, my wife's like, we need to replace the lawn and everything. There was one time she was like, we need to replace the lawn. And old me would have been like, yes, dear, you know, anything, you know, (laughs) anything that you want thinking, oh, this is how I get sex. This is how I'm a good man. This is how I'm a good Christian husband. It was out of a good place. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't out of a good place. Let's be honest. But, you know, I thought it was out of a good place. But when before making a decision, a decision, I look at my pillars. Will this cause me to compromise a pillar? And it would have, you know what I mean? It, we live on half an acre. So what is that? Like $8,000 just to replace grass. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm not doing that. Well, she gets a little frustrated, right? That's fine. She's allowed to be frustrated. That's okay. Well, you know what? The week after that, that would have drained our savings account almost. The week after that, I had to replace all four tires on our, our minivan. And I'm gl- really glad that I stood by my pillars. And she ended up thanking me later. Mm-hmm. Most guys aren't willing to, for their wives to be frustrated with them for a day. If it means they're true to themselves as a man, they're willing mm-hmm. to compromise themselves as a man if, because their wife's going to be mad at them for a day mm-hmm. or, or even for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, she, tr- now she trusts my leadership more, you know? So anyways, that's a, uh, I hope that answered your question. I'm kind well, of- <clears throat> No, it totally does. And I, and I do feel like, uh, yeah, guys who, who struggle to, to figure out what they're standing for, you know, they're the ones that are, um, certainly being rocked by the waves Mm -hmm. and uh you know certainly we we know from the story in the bible where uh you just gotta be you can calm those waves by just being Mm -hmm. you know mellow mellow stoic yeah however you want to say it you know i'm glad you said you you said that because if you look back at that story jesus had no intention of calming that storm he had no intention he was asleep in the bottom of the boat Mm. Mm. Look at that. He he did not allow the waves to dictate his cho- his decision making. And that's why he had the authority to calm the waves. It's interesting. I'm so mm. glad you brought that up. It's one of the that's one of the the parables that I that story that I use mm. to help guys understand Christian guys understand this because it's a context they get. Totally. 
you know, if you if you look at Jesus being a perfect picture of masculinity and the ocean being the perfect picture of, of femininity, and I and I just want to say this on the side note, I stopped seeing that as a defect in my wife, her being you know emotional and splashing. Stop seeing that as a defect. It's her job. Mm-hmm. My wife's job to be that way, and it's my job to be solid. That's fine. It's not that I can't have emotions or whatever. I don't think she's toxic for being like that. Uh, I think women need some of that drama in there. Anyways, back to the Jesus thing, but. Uh, and it's a good drama is a good thing for a woman she's got to have it actually creates longing you know yeah. they get a statue and then they're like oh but he's so you know there's something about you saying sol- staying solid that just pulls them back to you you know they're, it's just how god made him i love it mm-hmm. anyways mm-hmm. jesus had no intention he was going to sleep right through that storm he did not he did not allow an external to decide his internal state of state of being mm-hmm. that's the key to masculinity Men, when they're internally strong, are able to change the external and create a peaceful external. Women often get their internal peace from external circumstances. How are the finances doing? How's our relationship doing? Men have to get that, can't get that from their wives or they're, they're going to be codependent. You got, mm-hmm. you got two oceans splashing against each other. One of you mm-hmm. guys has to be masculine and it's usually going to be the woman because she's a good multitasker. But when that man is is at inner peace with himself, he's got his pillars. He's living by his pillars. He can actually have authority to calm the storm. Just exactly like you said. I love that. It's it's one of the greatest pictures of masculinity. I think that I can ever give guys. I'm really glad you brought that one up. Yeah. Well, likewise. And and uh, when I think about you know, gosh, I've been what in Hawaii and even this past fall in uh, in Italy along the Amalfi Coast. And there's oh, if, if there if there were yeah, just beautiful places. Let's just say. If if the if the ocean was calm, it'd be like, oh, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, Look how nice this is. <laughs> yeah. But when you actually have the the waves crashing as the rocks and boom, and like coming out of like you know um, those <laughs> blowholes or whatever, it's just like yeah. it makes it to be. It actually makes the moment so much more rich and oh. enjoyable and memorable. And I do feel like that's what the the feminine is all. About. It's to take something to magnify it. Oh. And to make it to, to allow us to feel more right if everything was just all about the masculine of solving problems and yeah. getting from point a to point b it'd be fucking boring yeah. it really would be right yeah. and so there's <laughs> such a great uh balance between the masculine and the feminine and such a need because i do feel like sometimes uh men and women when they're expressing their feminine still take it as like it's a weakness mm-hmm. or it's a bad thing like no it's the only thing that allows you to to enjoy worship music or a concert or a ball game or like, right. So I love so much to be said about that. It's the art of war. You know, I love that title, you know, from another kind of analogy that helps me understand this is like, um, a greenhouse, you know, you look at a greenhouse, if there's nothing inside of it, it's, it's stable, it's steady. It creates a a good environment. It creates the proper environment for plants to grow in. Um, but without, there's no beauty to it inherently the, but it, it does provide the right atmosphere for plants to grow in, for beautiful mm. things to grow in outside of their normal environment, whatever. That's how I see my relationship with my wife, the masculine and feminine, my pillars create a frame for myself chiefly, but as I'm living out of that frame, I'm creating a frame for my wife to fully bloom and blossom and be her feminine self, mm. you know? So she gets to relax. She's like, wow, I can just be completely feminine here because my my husband is filling the role of being completely masculine. You know what I mean? And situationally, how that would play out is, you know, when the water's hitting the rock and the blowhole and everything, I just there, I'm I there, I'm there, I validate, I listen. And sometimes I'll do what she's asking me to do if it doesn't compromise a pillar. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm secure mm-hmm. enough to do that. Not a big deal. I know a lot of guys in the manosphere is like, no, you never, you never listen to your woman. I'm like, I actually don't, you know, sometimes it's leadership to recognize she's better in an area than I am. And that's fine. hundred percent. hundred percent. I think, um, who's that gentleman that wrote, um, oh, it's slipping my mind. It's another book from that guy close to Robert Glover. It's like how to win her trust, lust and whatever. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's a great book, but, uh, the masculine in relationship, that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic book. I can't remember who wrote it, but fantastic book. He talks about, you know, one of the ways that I can provide leadership is, hey, I, I know the kids need to go down at X, Y, or Z time. Honey, um, 
kids got to go down in an hour. What do we need to get done before then? Mm -hmm. No, whatever. Or let's say she's like, excuse me, which let's say she's like, Hey, you didn't do X, Y, or Z and I'll listen. And if the thing that she wants me to do that she's pissed off about doesn't compromise a pillar, I'll do it. Not a problem. I'm there. You know, I'm serving, um, loving, taking care of providing. And again, on the flip side, if what she's asking me to do, if I do that, if it would compromise one of my pillars, I don't touch it with a 10 foot pole. You know, Mm. she's, she, the, the reason that's so important is I'm not, letting her emotions dictate my decision-making. I'm letting my core values dictate my decision-making, but I'm also able to recognize where she's better and more proficient at things. And that's also leadership is recognizing where I need to empower somebody else that's better than me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think what's challenging, especially for guys that are in relationships and and obviously for those that that aren't, Mm -hmm. sometimes the, the only way I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is just my, my uh, opinion is like, sometimes the only way to grow in this way at times is in relationship with the feminine that's going to, to (laughs) challenge you or test you. Or it's one thing to be like, I'm solid. I'm really good. I got everything. You know, when you're single, there's nothing rocking your boat. Right. But when you're in a relationship with, with another who just seems to trigger you, that's when the full court presses on, you know? So true. Yeah. I'm, I'm very glad you said that. It's so true. I mean, I can't imagine how embarrassing it would be to be a little grain of sand thinking I'm this big boulder and the moment the ocean splashes on me, I'm like, I'm done. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm glad you said that. It's, it's so true. I did not realize I had anxiety until I got married and I'm not lying to you about that. I did mm. not realize I had had uh, anxiety and depression until I got married and, and mm. I had someone a professional tell me like, hey man, you have symptoms of anxiety and depression. That's what that's started helping me go towards this journey and then- mm. You know, I just had, now I had a mirror and it's, it's, you can't run away, man. You know, it's, I didn't realize how much facade and performance and nice guy stuff I had until I got married, you know? Hmm. And uh, it's, it's very true. You can think you're doing well. And then there's somebody there that is kind of just has the most intimate look at you and you can't really, you can't BS your way out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You're you're masculine, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, and let's talk about your your fourth pillow that you mentioned because I do feel like I've had some substantial growth ever since. Because, uh, like I told you before we started recording, I was working with women primarily for eight years, coaching them, and then just feeling myself not being fulfilled and frustrated with myself. And yeah. and I it wasn't until actually I was at a mastermind um, that I was in, in 2018, when one of the speakers who ended up ultimately becoming my coach and writing the forward of my book, Christine Hasler said to me, like, Johnny, you got to figure out what it means for you to be a man. And then you got to teach others to do the same. And I was so scared by that idea and realized how much safety I'd found in being around women, just because I was raised by women primarily, uh, and felt so unsafe by men. That I was wow. like, oh crap, this this is probably yeah, this is it just resonated <laughs> as what I needed to do. But I but I also felt like in relationships, you know, I felt safe, but then I I I wasn't often called upon to be masculine because I don't think the women I was with even trusted me enough, right? Yeah. So it wasn't until I really got into brotherhood with yes. other men, okay. um, fellowship with other men that I started to feel safe and really challenged and seen in different ways that I hadn't felt seen or challenged before. So maybe you can lean into that too, in terms of one of your, your pillars of the importance of men needing men and surrounding themselves with good men and doing the work with other men. What's your viewpoint on that kind of broad question? Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic point and question. Um, I heard someone, I think Tony Robbins said this, you know, we got to, every Christian has different views on evolution. I don't think it's that huge of a deal, what, how you think about it. Um, but, you know, we have a 5 million year old brain and our brain's not wired to keep us happy. It's wired to keep us alive. And so there are good, good and bad things with that. One of the good things though, is that if you look at tribal culture, when men uh, had a perp, their purpose was to provide meat and protection for the tribe. Well, they would get together and hunt. And so, you know, nowadays we don't have to do that as men. We can kind of have our own thing. But one of the biggest things we have to get together and hunt is insecurity, is femininity. Men, the way I've seen is men heal in community. Men heal in groups 
and the one-on-one. I, I, I chiefly work with one-on-one. We're actually working on launching a group coaching coaching thing now. But sure. um, in fact, I just finished the first draft for my first module today, which is exciting. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked. So, uh, but men, men have to have an aspect of their healing journey and their masculine journey with other men. Because we, there's something about, I don't know who said this, um, probably one of the guys we've already mentioned, but they said women are matured by nature. They're initiated into femininity, into femininity by nature. Men are initiated into masculinity by other men. Mm. They're not initiated by other men. They stay little boys. Mm-hmm. And so you have a culture that, and this is right from No More Mr. Nice Guy, the Industrial Revolution really changed everything men are fathers are not initiating their children anymore and the only feedback men are men are very good all of us are very good mirrors but men have to have that mirror of masculinity and let me just say we already do everybody already has every man has a pillar or pillars every man has a mirror of what it means to be a man it's just the the wrong reflection it's the wrong message and so what brotherhood does and specifically men that are going after how to be masculine and how to live in their masculinity. Let me just say that. Cause I don't think it's something we create. It's something we discover. It's already in us, but men that are going after that together, there is something so special and so important to that masculine identity. We tend to just, we, we, that woolly mammoth of insecurity and, and femininity that's in us that we're raised with by our society tends to only come down when, when we're with other men. Men get chiefly most of their identity from other men. Mm-hmm. They men get their identity a lot from their purpose. Women get a lot of their identity from the state of their relationships. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. women have their own purpose or whatever, but you look at depression, men are usually purpose depressed. Women are usually relationally depressed. And how that, you know, how that looks. Not and I, you know, there's always exceptions to that. Um, but yeah, so a, a huge part of your masculine identity is is defined by, I would say it's probably mostly defined by your relationship with other men and by your relationship with your father, what that looked like. He gave you a version of masculinity that wasn't beneficial. Most of us got that from our dads. Um, so yeah, having men that, that are running after these insecurities and it's everything, man, I've, it's absolutely been the most, the most important part of my masculine journey. And that, that come, my wife knows that when, uh, every, every other Thursday night I gather with my guys and we smoke cigars and we go after this and we call each other on our BS and we hold each other accountable and we call things out and we cry together and, and we scream and get the, the pain out together. We do all of that stuff together. It, it's, I remember the first meeting we had, I told the guys, I was like, guys, I feel like we're hunting together right now. Like, this is so mm-hmm. awesome. Well, and we're cool. in my best friend's garage smoking cigars. Yeah. Just talking about, you know, all of our stuff and really how to be, how do we become men? And we've discovered this thing together and really built a beautiful framework together. And my wife knows that, that she goes, she didn't even ask like, Hey, can you stay home this Thursday? All she says like, Hey, tonight's your, your night with your guys. Right. That's all she asked me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, she doesn't, she knows not even to touch it. It's just a pillar thing for me going back to that. But um, a massive, in, in fact, my first clients were guys from my group that I've, mm kind of that we've kind of gone with. So sure. uh, a huge part of the masculine development is other men and still part of that for me. I don't ever think, I don't think we, we reach a finish line with this. I think it's more of a direction we're going. So for sure. For, for, for guys that are listening and maybe don't have that men's group, uh, cigar smoking men's group, <laughs> what, what are some other uh, resources that you would recommend for guys to, to get in proximity with other good, healthy men who are seeking growth and healing and everything else? Man, it's, that's a great question. You know, there's, I'm fortunate enough because my church really values community already. So that was a huge core value. And I recognize, man, there's a lot of lonely people out there. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people just doing their thing. They don't really have deep, intimate relationships. Um, I know one of the best things, and this is not just a shameless plug for my business, but it is, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Even the, the ability to virtually meet with men on a weekly basis is mm-hmm. absolutely huge. There are so many men's group, including my own. I'm going to be launching soon. Um, and I wish I had this more developed by the time of this podcast, because I know your audience is going to be like, what is that? You know, whatever. <laughs> but I wish I had it more in a, in a, in a solid form. We're still kind of in the re- research and development phase, but finding a group of men 
there are so many out there that are committed to the masculine journey and masculine development. And all of them kind of have their emphasis, but they're all going after the same thing. And, and all of them are going to, are going to have gyms, you know, gyms in there. Uh, but if you don't have any guys around you, there are so many guys online that week that meet weekly, you have to pay for it, but isn't this worth it, man? I mean, you may have to pay 300 bucks a month. You'll never make a greater investment than in yourself. Right. I, uh, as far as, you know, me, my masculine development, it's changed everything. I make more money now. My marriage is healthy. My kids have a present father. My health is better than it's ever been. Uh, well, I will say it's better than it's been in the last four years. That's for sure. Um, all of that came from seeking community. And so if you don't have guys around you, you can either start sharing this with a friend, get them interested. I, I know in my experience, as far as dudes around me, when I have started to share this thing, they're like, man, I like this. I need to know more about this. And mm-hmm. you can start just building a posse like that, you know, for me, I'm hundred percent responsible for my life. So if I don't, if I, if, if, if the need is not readily available to be met, I find a way that I can meet it for myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, if I can't do that immediately around me, there are so many groups online guys. If you just Googled like men pursuing masculinity together, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you'll start to find several of them. And if you're a Christian guy, be on the lookout for mine. My name's John Daniels, as you'll see on this podcast, but yeah. Uh, you can find me on, I put my Facebook link on there. I'm pretty sure if not, I can, I can see, yep. you. but um, it's a, uh, you know, we're coaching men one-on-one and within the next two months or so, we're going to launch the group coaching thing. And That's so awesome. find guys online guys. I'm telling you, there are so many men out there and I, let me just caution you stay away from the guys that are only about pickup. You know, I know that there's some good stuff <laughs> and that's been beneficial for my confidence. Mm-hmm. You need to find dudes. A lot of the pickup guys that I've seen, not all of it's bad, not all of it's good. And this is my personal opinion. And, and as a man, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to stand by this. You can feel free to disagree. The, it, they need affirmation from women too much. And I don't like that. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I, spend, I spent all of my life trying to get affirmation from women. And I just, I, you know, it came from my mommy stuff. You know, the measure mm-hmm. of myself, my, my, me as a man is not, you know, how much pussy I get. It's not how mm-hmm. much women I sleep with. It's am I, am I truly fulfilling my purpose as a man? And so that's what I would say. You know, I would caution you against joining involuntary celibate groups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but find men who are really doing this and trying to be healthy. And, and ironically, you get more sex that way anyways. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah how that works out you know I, I i've talked about it before um but it's one of those things where i i know when my uh my life was kind of just crumbling around me and my divorce was was happening i remember just um kind of standing there and thinking like how did i get here and yeah. and what do i need to do to, to turn things around and uh you know having lost my mom as well to cancer a couple of years prior and now feeling like I just was at the the bottom of a barrel, you know, the, the angel message came to me is just, just to serve. Wow. And I was like, serve, like I got nothing to give, you know, I got half my furniture, you know, I don't have a job. I don't know. Like, I don't have a marriage anymore. Like what, what do I have to give? And the, the same thought just kind of come, kept coming back to me to, to serve and to give. And I think there's something to be said about, Mm. It wasn't about um, drinking. It wasn't about sex. It wasn't. It's just about what can I do to give to others, and that was the genesis of what began, you know, my first gym. You know, and certainly it did help start helping uh, middle aged, you know, 40, 50, 60 year old women who needed uh, a new place to work out that wasn't, uh, you know, Jazzercise or Curves <laughs> or Gold's Gym, right? And so I, f- I found yeah. something in the Midwest that that helped. Um, okay. But to your point, it's one of those things where I just felt like I was starting to lean into, okay, with or without, uh, that's kind of the thought that came into my mind, with or without my, uh, you know, significant other at the time, I have to do this, yes. right? So I still had to lean into to quitting my job, you know, because I already had made that decision before I came home that weekend and been told that the marriage was over. But I remember thinking to myself, well, shoot, do I go back to certainty? Should I go back to security and go back to my job? You know, or it's like, no, no. Like all the decisions I had made up to that point had made me the man that I had become, but I wasn't happy with that man anymore. Things had to had to change, right? So I think it's a big part of what you just said, leaning into uh, your men's group, into your work, into anyone that uh, 
you know, men just need to search. They can find it online. Just find someone who's willing to hold you accountable to being a bigger version than the the smaller version maybe that you've been playing in life, right? 100%, man. That's beautiful. What a beautiful story, man. I love that. Just to piggyback off of that, I love how your thought process wasn't, and I'm sure this was probably in there, but you didn't say that, which tells me that this is the one you ran. The right thought process is the one you ran with. Instead of blaming her, you said, I'm going to change. I'm going to take accountability for my life. Such a huge part of masculinity, man, is taking full responsibility. Mm-hmm. Because where we're responsible, we're powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what every person's looking for is we're looking to feel in control. Mm-hmm. Because we need safety and stability. Mm-hmm. And when you're responsible, you actually provide that sense of safety and stability for yourself rather than relying on someone else to do it for you, like a, like a child would, you know, and not, mm-hmm. we, there's obviously a nuance to that. And we got to heal the inner child and all that stuff. But, but I love that your response to that was, you know, I've got to, I've got to do this for myself. I, you know, m- the option of saving the marriage is out the window. I've just got to be a better man for myself. That's another mm-hmm. thing that I help guys with is, you know, well, if I have pillars, you know, well, how do I do that without, without making my wife pissed off? It's like, look, it's not about your marriage at this point, buddy. It's about you. Your marriage is, mm-hmm. I had a, I had some guys explain it to me this way. Your marriage is like a business that you own with your wife. Your business isn't you, you know, it's just going to reflect who you are as a person, as a man, mm-hmm. you know? And point. so, yeah. And, and the, what it's, that helps create a, a sense of distance from, you know, my marriage is not my identity. My pillars are my identity as a man. My marriage is going to basically be what I bring to the table and how my r- wife responds to that. That's really mm-hmm. what it is, man. What mm-hmm. women and children respond respond. They're an echo of what the man's bringing to the table, and so a mm-hmm. good, really good feedback is how you're, you're, you know. I don't know if that makes sense. Like they're going to fill in the gaps that the man brings or doesn't mm-hmm. bring. You know, if 100%. the man's masculine, the woman's going to be masculine. Right. And feminine and resent her husband for it. Right. You know, if the man's masculine, the woman's going to be totally in her feminine. Children, children are going to feel safe enough to be well-behaved every, we had a night tonight that was wild. So you know that's not a hundred percent, but, but you know, a man for me, I used to, I used to wait, I used to think, well, this marriage can't get better unless we're both working on ourselves. And I just thought, you know what, screw that. I had a guy confront me on that. He said, no, man, forget your marriage. You need to get freedom for you. As I started doing that, this wild thing happened, bro. She started saying like, you know, I started being healthy, stopped responding poorly, stopped yelling back at her, stopped, you know, started being more solid and also started sticking up for myself as far as my pillars go and not just being a simp and then blowing up at her and then saying, sorry, and then being a simp again. I started to have my own identity outside of our marriage. And she started thinking, she told me just, I think two months into this whole process, she goes, John, I'm, I'm going to start seeing a therapist to work on my stuff. Incredible. And I didn't wait for her to change. I didn't tell her what to do. I just started working on myself. Mm-hmm. She saw the changes and then it actually led her into her own healing, which, is, which I'm not responsible for that. She's, you know, all credit goes to her for making that choice. But so many men are waiting on their wives to, to change, man. And, and really, look, I can't guarantee your wife's going to stick with you. What I can guarantee is that you're going to be a free man. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee that you're going to love yourself. I can guarantee mm-hmm. you're going to love yourself. And that's, that's priceless. You know, you can't put a price on that. So, Well, you certainly, uh, not many you, but any of us men who are listening, owe it to ourselves uh, to, to be a man that's difficult to, to leave, <laughs> you know, and to be a man that is worthy of investment. Right. Not only in of ourselves, but a woman, uh, significant other who's like, hmm, I see the direction he's going. Like, I want to be a part of that versus us being, uh, you know, stubborn heels in the ground, uh, justifying, rationalizing away behavior, not growing. And with each argument where there's no progress, it's just a a further kind of chip away at that armor to the point where she's like, fuck this. Like my life yeah. is gonna be better without them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if you're growing and you're moving in the direction, it's a win-win regardless. She's either going to to say I'm with you, or you're gonna outgrow her, mm-hmm. and you know you'll find abundance around the next corner, right? Yeah. That's the way that I rationalize it. So yeah, you're and your rationale is great, and you're gonna leave her better than you found her. Yeah, you're gonna in any case if the if they're you know I'm yeah again I'm not guaranteeing anybody's marriage is gonna get saved, but what I am gonna guarantee is you're gonna be a better man. You're gonna yeah. be more solid. And hopefully, 
uh, you are going to leave her better than you found her. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what a gift you get to give to that woman, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you guys choose to part ways, that's fine. But what a gift that you got to show her at least for a little bit, at least at the end there, what it's like to be, to be loved by a man who's pursuing his purpose, you know, and who has a sense of identity outside of her. That's the greatest gift I could give my wife. And in Mm -hmm. fact, the first three weeks, the first two weeks that I was going on this process, my wife did not like it because again, there's stability seeking. And she was used to me being a, being a nice guy. She was used to me, you know, and then blowing up at her and then saying, I'm sorry, babe. And doing the Christian thing. She was used to that routine. And so she actually got a sense of stability from the dysfunction. Mm-hmm. That interesting. When I started to change, she didn't like it. But what started to happen is I had more bandwidth to deal with her emotional splashing as a woman, because I was pursuing my own, my own purpose as a man mm-hmm. She started to get her own healing. And without getting going into too much detail, you know, I used to have to chase my wife down for sex it's the exact opposite. Now I'm not saying I don't, I don't say, Hey, let's, you know, connect whatever. When she's in her feminine, she's, she loves, she loves, she enjoys having sex with me as a man that is not relying on it for happiness. You know, mm-hmm. she's actually receiving that masculine energy. That's a side note, but she ends up telling me, she said, John, thank you. The greatest gift that you've given me is to, is to be your own man and to discover mm-hmm. your purpose as a man. That's mm-hmm. what women want. They don't want to be with a guy who's emotionally dependent on her. It's not that, it's not that we can't say, hey, I want to communicate better next time. Stuff mm-hmm. like that's fine. But they want to be with a man that that knows who he is. And and I just want to touch on this. I know we're we're wrapping up, but on the the drama piece that I mentioned earlier, women need that emotional tension. I heard Robert Glover say this. It it transformed my marriage, honestly, this this little bit. Women need that emotional tension. So when we just bend over every time she gets mad and we placate we're actually robbing her, them of the need for emotional, for emotional tension. They need a level of drama in their relationship with you. And when you're a solid man, there's got to be that polarity where you're solid and she's splashy. It doesn't mean she's weaker. She's doing her job. I'm not saying the, the masculine is better than the feminine. I am saying it's different. But that emotional tension and that drama actually is what keeps her attached to you. You know, it's, it's incredible how uh, there. <laughs> the, one of the first times I did the brotherhood night, she's like, you know, I'm getting I'm, my phone's blown up. I'm smoking cigars with the guys. We're going into our processes and it's awesome. And she goes, you know, I, it's just not fair that you get to connect with all these guys. And I don't. And I just refused to text back. I said, you know, what? I want to be present with the guys. 10 minutes later, she's texting me. She's like, I can feel your kisses all over me. And I'm like, wow, that's that amazing. <laughs> when I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't, you know, it used to be like, oh, babe, I'm so sorry. I'll, let me see if I can get out of here early. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. She, she, you know, <clears throat> Babe's only going to hit the mountain so many times before it settles down. Mm-hmm. She needed that, that drama. And so if I, if I were to say, well, why are you such a nagging bitch all the time? If I were to say that to my wife, I'm robbing her of that emotional tension. And so it's a gift to my wife when I'm solid and I don't tell her how to feel. And I don't tell her, and I don't invalidate. And I actually say, you get to be as angry as you'd like to be. I love mm-hmm. you. That's totally fine with me. Here's, <clears throat> here's what I'm going to do. I don't tell her what to do. I tell her what I'm going to do. And it creates that tension. And then boom, what do you know? She's like, I can feel you kiss my kisses all over me. Get home as mm-hmm. soon as you can. Mm-hmm. You know, so women need that that drama. Anyways, that's a little side tangent. Hopefully that helps whatever guys it, listen. It, it totally does. And I feel like it. Uh, the, uh, the metaphor, the analogy, whatever you want to say, kind of pops into my mind. It's like, um, especially since I'm from Colorado, not that I climb a lot, but when you're climbing, and you're yeah. and you've got a lead rope or you're belaying or whatever. There's got to be tension on the on the rope, right? If if you have slack in that rope, she's never going to trust that you've got her. She's going to fall, right? So you've got to have that tension between the two, right? So that someone's leading, someone's uh, following, you know, someone's supporting. Not even following. It's just like a someone might be climbing while the other person's holding the rope safe right and i think really? there's times when both men and women in a relationship are going to be leading and need to yeah. know that the other person has their back literally right god that's brilliant so, yeah. what a, that's a brilliant i don't know about you man when i start talking like this i get so energized i just get <laughs> that masculine energy in me just goes through the roof man yeah I'm same like, I'm going to go start a business or something to make four million dollars. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know. I just, my, my masculine thing, yeah. it just goes through the roof. That is brilliantly put, man. That's ex- excellently put. 
And that's one of the ways we lead. I mean, as men, it's not necessarily we're always making the choices. I do make the choices when it comes to my pillars, but one of those things could be like, hey, you know what? My wife knows a lot more what to do with dinner than I do. That's great. You know, the other day I told her, I said, hey, honey, what are we doing with dinner? Or, you know, she goes, it's way too early. I said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to give us a peaceful evening. You know, that's one of my, it's one of my pillars. I'm providing emotional stability. And I let her walk me through on the phone, how to put the chicken in the oven. Cause I don't know what the heck I'm doing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I make eggs. I made some really good chicken tonight. Let me just say, but, <laughs> but when it came to, you know, the kind of chicken we had available yesterday, you know, I let her lead me with that. I didn't, I didn't feel insecure about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was providing leadership of saying, Hey, here's where we're going. I'm, I'm going to give us, we're going to have a peaceful evening. So we're, I'm going to get dinner. Tell me yep. what to do. I have no idea what I'm doing here, mm-hmm. you know, and letting her lead there. So, um, anyways, man, that is, I love that slack analogy though. That is, that's brilliant. Yeah. It's just a good, uh, it's just the, the polarity, right. The, okay. the masculine, the feminine without, without, uh, both. And you don't have a whole lot of, uh, energy coming from it. And then, and then to your point too, when you get into these conversations, that's why I think men need to be around other men because it does energize us um, versus so, kind of um, not that being around women uh, emasculates us. It certainly doesn't, there can be a lot of polarity there too, but in the wrong relationship to the feminine, it can be very emasculating, but so we're, we're giving away our power in that sense. So right. So Whether right. it be around women or porn or drugs or, whatever. Right. So, so <clears throat> anyways, dude, um, I will throw in, uh, any links that you sent me or any new into the show notes. So guys will have that, whether yeah. listen to this now or a year or two from now, yeah. um, tell, tell the guys real quick, just a little bit more of what you're working on and what's in what you've got going on in terms of one-on-one support or group support or programs. What do you have that you've got working on? Yeah. So it's an interesting thing we're doing, you know, I'm in my research and development phase. I've, I've been working with guys for a long time, but I've never put together a like formal program, like course coursework that every dude goes through. It doesn't matter where you're at. It can help you. And not only it can it help you, it's going to push you to the next level in your masculine journey. So we're working on that now. If you want to, um, you know, work with me as a one-on-one life coach, I'm offering a discount and this is, you know, uh, what is this? August 15th of 2023 on, uh, my personal life coaching rate because guys are basically helping me out right now. I'm, I'm experimenting as on as many guys as I can just to get this process down. And yeah. it's not experimenting. I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to screw you up. At least I hope not. <laughs> no guy has ever told me otherwise, but, um, you can visit my Facebook page, the link that, um, that Johnny's going to put in there. So if you, um, yeah, the, the link that's going to be in there is fine. It'll go to my Facebook page, shoot me a direct message. Let's work together. Even after we launch the group coaching thing, uh, that'll be all over my social media. You can still find me with that Facebook thing. I wish I had it mm-hmm. together for this, for this thing. So guys could go right to it. Um, but my goal is to make it the most affordable, the group coaching thing, um, to be the most affordable men's development group on the internet. That's my vision. Mm, mm. And uh, I want to hit as many guys as I can and specifically Christian guys, but any guy is going to be able to take this course. Um, so, but yeah, it's really for any guy. Um, uh, my, my focus, my target audience is going to be Christian dude, just cause I relate to them the, be- the best. Uh, but you don't have to be a Christian to take this course. So really the, 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 yeah, again, my, my vision with this is to impact as many men as, as possible. And uh, what's awesome, dude, this is so cool. This is just a, a testament to this journey is the coaches that are going to be so under me that are going to be coaching these groups of guys with me, mm-hmm. are the mm-hmm. dudes that started this journey with. And no, so it's really, cool. really, it's really cool. So you're really going to get to tap into, you're going to get to be a part of this like amazing group of guys that we've built over the years that smoke cigars together. We cry out our emotional pain together. We ho- we hold each other by the scruff of the neck and say, you're going to do this and you're going to do it like a man. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get to step into what we've built with each other for the last couple of years. You're going to get to be a part of that. And so it's, I just think it's the coolest thing, man. I'm getting to it's do this really with cool. my best friends in the world and it's, it's just awesome. So that's really cool. You guys are interested in, Follow my fa- go to my Facebook link, and if this is after we launch the group coaching thing, for a lot of you it might be, you'll see my group coaching link on there. Yep. Involved. Um, I'm even considering Johnny. Maybe you can give me your feedback about this, but 
the group coaching calls, you know, a cigar and scotch is going to be required, but I'm not totally settled on that yet. <laughs> I smoke cigars. So yeah. Yeah. See, that's, that's, well, see, that's a good thing. I don't smoke cigars and I'll drink scotch. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. And I'd, I'd live to be a part of it. So, yeah. but anyways, dude, thank you for, for hanging with me. Thanks for connecting, giving your gifts to to the guys, to the listeners. Um, and I definitely would put that link in the, the show notes, but I'm just grateful that our paths have crossed and that you're doing what you're doing. And that, and at the very least that you're, you're giving the the gift of your own healing to your woman and to your kids. I don't think there could be any better gift than that to, to let that ripple out uh, for generations to come. So thank you. Appreciate you being here, man. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been an honor, man. For sure. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you guys for listening as always uh, to this episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King. Thanks for tuning in. Check out John Daniels uh, and his link in the show notes. And until we meet again, we'll talk to you on the next episode. Cheers, guys. That's it for this one. And I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say, hey, It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts, since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, Follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.